0: You know, we do this every year. We have a candlelight service, and when I'm done with this message, we're gonna light, how many of you, did anybody not get a candle? Of course, it's fake. Fake news, fake candles, right? (laughs) Uh, But we learned the hard way, if you do real candles, little children get a hold of them, and there's interesting stuff all over the chairs and floor after the candlelight service, so we went with these but we're going to hold them up because this represents what the church is supposed to look like. Now you're, I'm not telling you, well, you can do it with me. This is a warm up. This is a dress rehearsal because we're going to do it for the whole song of silent night at the end. But look around you. This is what the church is supposed to look like. Amen. What did Jesus say to us about us? You are the, you're the light of the world. What does that tell you? It tells you that maybe there is no light without the light the church holds up. And what is the light we hold up? Jesus, who is the original light of the world, and the light of the world, Jesus, lit us. Amen? So we're supposed to shine like this, and... You know, when you celebrate Christmas and the real reason for it, then you shine. You shine. In the last two Sundays, we've had about 20 people come to Christ because the light was shining. Amen. So turn it off. That's dress rehearsal. And we're going to do that all together in just a little bit. Let me read part of the Christmas story for you. And this is Matthew 2, 1, starting at verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he, who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests, And the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, and this is the prophet Micah, that is being quoted. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, said the prophet, centuries before Christ arrived. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined for them what time the star that they had been following appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Translated, that I may come and kill him. That's what he had in his mind. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood right over where the young child was in a little house. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child, about two years old now, this isn't the baby behind the hotel, in a manger. Jesus is two years old or so now. And the star hung over this house supernaturally. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child and Mary's his mother. And what did they do? They fell down and worshipped him. Now, now, dear church, get this picture. It's a two-year-old, but they have fallen down to worship him. A two-year-old. Because they understood who he was. And they worship him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. I want you to stand with me. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Thank you, Lord, for the reality of Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Let me just expound on this just for a little bit. Now, first of all, you have to picture this. Here's Mary, the mother, and she's seeing these wise men. These were not astrologers, they were astronomers, they were scientists. And here are these highly educated, brilliant scientists bowing down to worship a two-year-old. Now what's going on there? This is where Christmas began. They're worshiping a two-year-old, and then they gave very expensive gifts Again, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And now, why in the world would you give gifts to a two-year-old like that? I'm going to give him a toy. But this is no normal two-year-old. This is no normal child. This is a supernatural child, stem to stern, beginning to end. This is a supernatural boy, Why not a toy or a bed or something practical? But they give to him rare, precious, and expensive, but not typical gifts for a child. Their gifts represent what they understood him and who they understood him to be. With every one of those, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, there is meaning behind them. And I want to tell you what that meaning is. First of all, let's take gold. They gave him gold. If I'm Mary, I'm saying hallelujah right because they're giving him gold and this wasn't a couple of trinkets they gave him costly expensive amount of gold they gave it to him we're giving this to him well what is that gold all through the bible represents royalty all through the bible it represents royalty and so they're giving him what they knew illustrated as royalty He was king. They they knew that this two year old had been born a king. That his his whole reason for being on earth was to be a king. He was a king. He wasn't just anybody. God had come to earth in the form of a baby, and he's king. So when they gave him gold, they were saying, You are royalty. This is royalty. This is not earthly royalty. This is heavenly royalty. This little boy is heavenly royalty. It describes Jesus this way in the Bible. Listen to these verses. Uh, John the Revelator saw Jesus in heaven at the very end of the book of Revelation, and here's the way he described him. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. He's King of kings. He's Lord of Lords. But these wise men, somewhere along the way, you know, they made a long journey from the Far East to come all the way to Bethlehem tracking that star that had so mystified them. And they they reached Bethlehem and the star finally hovers right over the house where he is. God's saying he's in here. He's in here. And they go in and they knew who he was. And they said, here's royalty. Listen to what Paul described Jesus as. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. They said, this is a king. Why did heavenly royalty come here? To die for you and me. So they were acknowledging. Somewhere along that long journey from the far east to Bethlehem, God had somehow revealed to these wise men because they weren't Jews. They weren't worshipers of of Jehovah. They were not uh, followers of Moses. But somewhere along the way, God revealed to them that this baby, this this star, had, had guided them to a supernatural child. Folks, let me tell you something. Jesus was not normal. He was human, he was all man, all God, all God, all man. He was not normal. He was not typical. There's never been another one like him and never will be because he was virgin born. He was begotten of the Father. Do we get it tonight? Royalty. Can you say with me, King of kings. Lord of lords. And let me tell you, that means he's the king of all kings on this earth. He's king over all the kings of this earth. There's not a nation on this earth that has a president or a king or a leader of any kind that Jesus is not over because he's the king of all kings. But then they gave frankincense. Frankincense is a really costly and fragrant kind of gum substance distilled from a tree. All right. In Old Testament times, it was always used in worship. Frankincense. It was burned as as a pleasing offering to God. It was sort of like the Old Testament incense. They used frankincense, frankincense, frankincense. And they burned it in worship to God. So what are they saying? Not only is he royalty, but he is very God who we worship. We worship him. They bowed down to a two-year-old. Can you imagine that? But it was right it was proper, it was understandable, it was, it was good. Because even though he was still a two-year-old, this is God wrapped in skin. Are you there? Amen. But frankincense was also used as medicine and as perfume. So catch this. The frankincense represented Jesus as the one that we're to worship and as our great physician. He's the healer. They said, we recognize he is worthy of our worship, but he's also, frankincense is used for medicinal purposes. He's a healer. He's a healer. He heals our soul. Did you know that your soul without Christ needs healing? Did you know your soul with Christ sometimes needs healing? And and it says of Jesus that he was anointed to bind up, to seal up, to, to bandage up and heal our broken hearts. Oh, how I wish I could minister Jesus to this whole world because our world right now is one great, big, bleeding, broken heart. Violence, despair, confusion, inflation, pressure, stress. And yet, God says to the whole human race from the cross, I love you. And there's healing in my son. There's healing in my son. He heals our soul. He sometimes heals our bodies. And his shed blood brought healing to the whole world. Dr. Luke summed up Jesus' life this way. He said, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with spiritual power. And what did he do? He went around everywhere doing good. Everybody say, And healing. Say it again, and healing. And healing. All who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. When Jesus came to town, he healed. When Jesus left town, he healed on the way out. When Jesus was in the highways and the hedges, he healed. When he was on the road, he healed. He healed blind eyes, opened deaf ears, raised people from the dead, cast out devils. He healed. He's a healer. And they knew this. These wise men knew this, so we're going to give him gold because he's royalty, and we're going to to give him frankincense because he's worthy of our worship and he's the healer of the nations. I want to say, anybody watching right now, online and those that are here, these are hurtful days. These are difficult days. These are days of stress. These are days of perplexity. These are trying times. And everybody, somewhere along the way, gets hurt. Can I tell you, look up. Take the pain. Take the hurt. Take the stress. Take the oppression. Take your struggles. There, to Jesus. Because frankincense, he's worthy of my worship, and he's healer. And finally, they gave to him. One last gift, myrrh. This is so telling. This is so telling. Because while frankincense represents sweetness, myrrh always symbolized bitterness. And myrrh, like frankincense, is a fragrant, gum-like substance uh, obtained from a tree. All right? But it's bitter. It's not sweet. It's bitter. Bitter to the taste. And unlike frankincense that was used for perfume myrrh was used are you ready to embalm the dead that's what myrrh is used for so the gift of myrrh here's what they were saying this little two year old this supernatural child begotten of the father born of a virgin this little boy is one day going to die for us did you catch that myrrh to embalm the dead. They gave him myrrh. Jesus said this about himself. Even I, the Messiah, am not here to be served, but to help others. And catch this, everybody, to give my life as a ransom for many. Jesus said that about himself. He didn't have other people running around say it only. He said it about himself. Why am I here? because I'm going to give my life a ransom for many. Now, here's what ransom means. It's the money you put down to free a slave. Ransom is the money you put down to free a slave. That's what ransom means. The Bible says we all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God. We're bound to sin, slaves to sin. We do what sin tells us to until we meet somebody stronger than our sin. And that's Jesus. And and Jesus said... I am going to give my life. My life and my blood are the only currency that can be paid to set mankind free from being slaves to sin. He paid the ransom. He paid the price. He said, that's why I came. That's why I'm here, to die on the cross, to to die, to be buried, and then to rise again from the dead. I came so that my blood would be a ransom a ransom for the human race. So that when you look up and you say, Jesus, come into my heart, immediately the ransom he paid is good to you and good for you and operates in your life because your sins are washed away and you are taken off the slave block and made free. You will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Amen. So, what is the reason for the season? Little baby Jesus born behind the hotel in Bethlehem under a starry night with just animals and Mary and Joseph and some angels watching. And then two years later in this house, they came and they recognized who he was. And they said, he's royalty. He's worthy of our worship. He's the healer. And he's going to die for me. He's going to rise from the dead. And that's what we celebrate. So I want everybody to say with me tonight on this Christmas Eve, remember he's king. He's worthy of worship and he's my redeemer. Amen. 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 And so I want you to take your candle and let's stand up together, can we? Are you thankful tonight for Jesus coming to the earth? Are you thankful tonight? I said, are you thankful tonight? Can I have a better amen than that? Yes, there we go. Because without his ransom blood, we're not here tonight. No, no, we're out there lost in sin redeemed us now jesus said you're the light of the world folks let me tell you something we're entering a new year where it's very dark in our country very troubled and if ever the church needed to stand up and do this and not be ashamed of him and reach others for him it's now so will you join me in this new year to be bold in jesus Thank you all five of you that amen that. Would you join me this year in being bold for Jesus? And reaching people for Jesus? And seeing more people holding one of these next year because they got saved? Let's sing. Thank you, Lord. Just wave it with me and look around you. Look around you. This is what the church should look like.
1: All is gone. with us now thank you Lord
0: Will you let me pray for you right now? I want to pray for every one of you and me. That God, in this coming new year, that our church will look just like this. Just like this. And that God will use you for his glory. And keep you by his power. Will you let me pray for you? Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for this congregation and everybody watching. And those that could not be here tonight. I pray for everyone, and I pray that, Lord, this new year will be a fruitful year, a year of miracles, a year of success in God, a year of kingdom advance, a year of God getting the glory, a year of many, many salvations, a year of deliverance, a year of healing, a year of restoration a year of unity. Lord, I pray that you will take this church and those watching and everyone, not just this church, but all churches that are sticking with the gospel and have not given up your word, that you will bless them, bless us all to impact this nation of ours that is dying for lack of Christ, that needs the salvation only Jesus can bring. Would you just lift your hand, everybody, and just say, Lord, this year, let my life count for God like it never has before in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Everybody say amen. Amen. I would say give the Lord a hand, but you're holding something,
1: but I'll do it for you. There you go. Amen. Amen.